So the question is, do you still back the blue if the blue is enforcing tyranny? I'm really excited to bring on Officer Greg Anderson, who went viral last year for uh, calling out the tyranny that police were enforcing on Instagram and then getting fired for it. I was still working in the corrupt news media and didn't even see that happen. And then I called out my company and then I later found out he had done something similar in law enforcement. Anyway, I, as soon as I saw the video, which I didn't see till this year, I became a big fan of his and I'm excited to get him on my YouTube live and have a conversation with him about what's going on with law enforcement right now. I'm going to show you some videos of some law enforcement. Basically, you know, a lot of these cops uh, agree that they're, that they're against this tyranny, but they're like, well, I have, I have a job to keep. And so we're going to play some of these videos for you of what police are up to in uh, 2021. Um, so before I bring Greg on live, you guys can join the chat. Uh, I got to shout out my sponsor, which is Health with Ivory. We're only just discovering the anti-aging power of collagen. Myself and thousands of others, for example, already experienced these powers firsthand, but there's a secret. I don't take typical collagen. I use Health with Ivory. This special collagen provides five key collagen types from four unique sources. The result, firstly, my skin looks and feels younger. Secondly, my hair and nails have a vibrant thickness to them. It's almost like my hair and nails are healthier than they've ever been. And third, most importantly, I feel amazing. I have more energy now than I've had in years. Take health with ivory today. Your wrinkles will thank me. Take advantage of our extended Black Friday deal. Go to healthwithivory.com, link in description for up to 51% off your order, healthwithivory.com. And with that, let's talk about cops who enforce tyranny. I'm going to bring on Greg now. Hey, Greg, thanks hey, so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Absolutely. So uh, for people who aren't aware, you were you worked for the Port of Seattle Police Department, right? Correct. Up until May of 2020, when it was early 2020 that we were seeing all of this extreme tyranny in regards to the, to the illness. I'm going to use code words here. But... Um, since we're on YouTube, I want to, for people who haven't seen your story, before we get into it, I'm going to play this clip. You went national. National news was covering. Here's what NBC covered. As a police officer, I'm compelled to make this video. The video, posted May 5th, was recorded inside Port of Seattle police officer Greg Anderson's patrol car. I'm seeing people arrested or cited for going to church, for traveling on the roadways, for going surfing, opening their businesses. In it, Anderson sharply criticizes officers enforcing stay-at-home orders and urges law enforcement to take a stand. If you're part of a department or an agency that is asking people or asking their officers or their deputies to impose on people's rights and infringe on their, their, their freedoms, you need to step up and say no. And if that costs you your job, so be it. I've already expressed this to my department. And, and luckily for me, I come from a department that I feel like my chain of command shares my view. The video quickly garnered thousands of views. Yeah. So you lost your job after that. You had to be fired. You were asked to take that video down and you did not. Of course not. Yeah, I couldn't. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting because when I made that video, my commander reached out to me that morning and he goes, Greg, that's a powerful video. We have your back. We support your message. Like everything was good to go. Right. 
And then the same commander called me back three hours later and he goes, Hey, Greg, uh, and I could tell there was a shift in his tone, you know, and he goes, I've been directed to tell you to take the video down. And I said, three hours ago, it was a good, powerful message. And now it needs to come down. And he goes, well, it just crested 400,000 views. And I've been directed to tell you it needs to come down. And I said, sir, listen, if you're telling me that you support the message, you think it's good and it's getting a lot of traction, why would you now say that it has to come down? And there's speculation I've heard from different sources that that order came from the governor's office which I can't confirm or deny, but it's sources that I have trust in. And I tend to believe that that's probably where it came from. But regardless, I don't care where it comes from. I don't care if it's your mayor, if it's your governor, if it's the chief of police, if they want to take away a police officer's ability to stand up for people's liberties, freedoms, and constitutional rights, that's where we need to draw the hard line. And that's what I said. I said, my job is to serve the public and and stand on the side of right. And so Inside of that video, I literally said, hey, if standing up for what you know to be morally and ethically correct ends up costing you your job, then so be it. We need to make sure that we don't waver. There's not two sides to this argument. There's not a discussion to be had. We swore an oath to defend and uphold people's constitutional rights, both uh, on a national constitutional level and the state of Washington as well. And If you're asking me to rescind my words and say that I'm not willing to do that, then you'll have to fire me for it. And that's what ended up happening. They ended up firing me for insubordination because they said we ordered him to take the video down and he said no. So that's, you know, like these these big agencies have all of their, you know, their asses covered in policy and they make sure that they articulate things in a way that. If they need to get rid of you, they figure out a way to get rid of you, as you're probably intimately familiar with. Oh, yeah. Your story actually is just so reminiscent of mine with Fox and how, you know, they I thought they hired me to do journalism. You thought they hired you to uphold the Constitution. Yeah. And then journalism is collecting the facts on regard on the ground, regardless of whether they go with the narrative. So what do you know in the pandemic, the facts on the ground didn't go with the narrative. And then it comes all the way down from the top. My boss was always a huge fan of me. And suddenly she's saying, well, sorry, Ivory, my boss is not happy. Yep. Same same exact thing, you know, and it's, it's pathetic too, because it takes people standing up and, and, and standing up against the system, showing the courage to speak up for what we know is right and what so many people know is right in their hearts. You know, I reference this often when I'm talking about this on my show is that this isn't something that people were divided on. This wasn't a split in my department. Like when we were in the lunchroom watching these things unfold on the television, it was 100 percent of police officers were appalled and disgusted that we were seeing people arrested for going surfing, arrested for throwing a ball in a park with their kid. I mean, you remember that 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 surfer off of Malibu, they had two police boats chasing him. Anyone with common sense can say, okay, if this is a virus that is dangerous and we need to social distance and we need to stay home and, and stay safe and all the stuff that they were promoting. How is taking that guy out of the ocean and putting him in a cell with other people make any sense? Nothing about this made sense from the beginning. And and for police officers to be asked to enforce this stuff, well, 
there's 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 a procedure that things need to go through. Laws need to be legislated. You can't just arbitrarily ask cops, oh, hey, uh, today I want you to go there and arrest people if they're doing X, Y, or Z. That's not how the profession works. And so I started raising questions immediately. I walked into my chief's office when this first kicked off, and I'm like, I haven't been personally asked to do any of these things yet, but if you expect me to go to Seattle and arrest people for being in a public park, what's your opinion on these things? Because we don't have legal authority to do this, and I'm seeing it happen nationwide. And my chief is like, he goes, Greg, I agree with you. What we're seeing is appalling, and we do not have legal authority to do that. And I won't be asking my deputy or my officers to to enforce those kind of things. And that was kind of a weight off my shoulders because I was like, okay, I personally am probably not going to be put into this position, but I'm still a police officer. I still represent the profession. And when people are looking at the profession as being against the people and standing with tyranny, I think that each and every one of us is obligated to raise our hand and be like, that's not what police officers do. That is not who we are. That is not what we stand for. And uh, I remember I told my chief, I said, I'm a patrol level officer. Imagine if that message came from you, the chief of a department. And if these if these chiefs would have stood up for what they knew to be morally and ethically correct in the beginning, this would have been a non-factor because without the enforcement arm, the government has holds no power. And I, I believe that we were obligated to say, no, this isn't what we do. And, and for the people that are against, I get a lot of hate, just like I'm sure everybody does once you build any kind of platform on the internet. For the people that are against me or think that I'm being unreasonable, I just want to remind you that this isn't, I'm not debating the validity of COVID. I'm not debating the, the, the severity of it or the danger of it. Like you can take that argument and you can have that somewhere else. Because for me, people's liberties and freedoms have nothing to do with how dangerous this may or may not be. At the end of the day, our liberties come first. And to be part of a free society, we understand that there's an inherent amount of of risk and danger that come along with absolute freedoms. That's what America was built on, and that's what we stand for. And our military and our law enforcement has to be willing to put that, to draw that hard line and support that at any and all costs. Love that. And, but you were going directly against the governor. What was the governor of the state of Washington enforcing at that time, May 2020? Jay Inslee, who is, I mean, most people are familiar with him. He's one of the most radical governors in the United States. He started enforcing, I mean, he basically does whatever Gavin Newsom does. So we joke in Washington, anything that comes out of California, just know in about seven to 10 days, we'll be asked the same because that's what he does. He just follows California to a T and he was implementing these new measures saying that you couldn't have your business open and that you needed to stay home and that you couldn't be in public and you couldn't use the roadways, all these things that started to happen. The thing about Washington state that was different is that we didn't see the level of enforcement that other states saw. And I don't know if, uh, if that was a result of kind of the culture, we had some sheriffs say, we're not willing to participate in this and we're not going to enforce this. And it, it didn't rise to the level that it did in other states. But again, over here, over there, right? Just because things aren't as terrible in Washington as they are in Oregon or California, that doesn't mean that we just sit back and say, oh, lucky us, you know, collectively as a profession, I think 
we needed to voice what every single deputy and officer are feeling. And, uh, as soon as you know how it is, as soon as you go against the grain or against the system, they will, they will stop at no expense to, to squish you like a bug and just get you out of there mm-hmm. and try and pretend that, you know, you're, you never even existed. It was a crazy thing to see because much like you, you mentioned that you were a good journalist. You were respected. I was in law enforcement for coming up on 10 years. I was on specialized teams. I never had any discipline problem. Um, I was known by both my chain of command and my peers alike as being a good, dependable police officer. But none of that matters. Once, once they have built a narrative and they have an agenda, it doesn't matter who you are as a person. And that's what's crazy to me because who you are as a person should come first. Like leadership 101 is take care of your people. And if you do those things, they will inevitably take care of you back. But our government and our, and these, these law enforcement agencies, we're in a weird time right now where they're putting the needs of the government and they're putting the needs of the agency above both the employees or the citizens that they're supposed to be serving. So, I mean, that's why we're having these discussions, even, you know, it's coming up on two years. I made that video of May, May 5th of 2020, you know? It's pretty alarming that it's going to be two years of the two weeks to flatten the curve and, uh, and people are just getting more and more used to it. Um, and I remember, so I was working in Houston for Fox, um, at that same time of year. And I, these sort of tyrannical edicts were coming from, uh, jurisdictions all over America. And in, in Houston, the County executive had, had put out this edict that if you basically if you wear a mask into a business you you could get arrested by police or at least fined and um and police it was actually the police officers union president who took a stand against that and publicly said ha ha we're not going to enforce her crazy tyranny and so it it was immediately her edict was immediately dead and, and it was just like an unconstitutional edict anyway. Um, but then she just had to get trickier and she came up with this idea. Well, oh, we'll find the business, you know, and yes, you bring in OSHA like President President Biden's doing and think and you find ways around the people who won't enforce tyranny. But if every everyone who has an opportunity to take a stand against it in that chain of command, you'll, you'll break the chain and, and the tyranny can't be enforced. And that's yeah, what you did at least. It's bizarre how the government is circumnavigating the law and they're utilizing anything, any and all methods at their disposal to be able to force people into compliance. Cause I'm not only a police officer, I'm a small business owner. I own a gym. We have 350 members. So our gym is doing pretty well and it has, it's a CrossFit and jujitsu Academy all in under one roof. And we were getting, you know, just like everybody, when this first hit, we shut down because it was kind of scary. People didn't know what was happening. This was a new thing, right? But once we started seeing this for what it was, I don't know how it was in other states, but in Washington, they they listed everybody who is essential and then everybody who is non-essential. And you would go down that list and it was clear as day that anybody that padded the pockets of the government, anybody that provided any type of financial benefits to the government, they were somehow deemed essential. Marijuana shops, essential. 
alcohol, essential, um, renewing the tabs on your car, a, a little red sticker. That's essential, right? And so anything that was government related, even construction, if the construction workers or the construction company was on a government contract, it was deemed essential, but all private construction had to be halted and deemed non-essential. And so it just got to the point where it's like, oh, the government says all of their stuff and everything that makes money for them is essential. But for you, everybody else, small businesses, non-essential, shut your businesses down. So at that point, I said, nope, my business is going to remain open and I'm going to offer training and classes because for people that are that are familiar with health and fitness and they prioritize that, that's a big part of your life, not only for your physical health, but your mental health as well. You start to break that cycle or take that away from people. That becomes a big problem. And so I told my members, I said, we're going to be open. If, if you think that it is risky or that you don't want to participate, I, I understand and I support your decision to say or do that. And if you want to cancel your membership during these times, we're open to that. But for the people that are willing to take the risk, it's risk versus reward, right? You do a risk assessment and you say, is my health worth potentially being exposed to this? That's something that we should all be able to do as free thinking adults that can critically think and make those assessments. And uh, just like you said, they're using different avenues to try and shut places down like OSHA or uh, for, for the, all the uh, restaurants and bars in Washington, the liquor control board can now shut you down and fine you. For us being a gym, uh, labor and industry came after us. And they, uh, L and I, we were getting letters and emails saying, oh, there's reports that you're open and you need to shut down immediately. And I remember coming to the conclusion and everybody's going to think I'm crazy, but that's okay. Cause maybe you do need to be a little crazy to, to take a stand. You know, I did 14 deployments with special operations to Iraq and Afghanistan over about 10 years of my life was 100% dedicated to the wars. As a young man, I lost my entire twenties to the war. And I don't say that like disparagingly or poor me. That's a choice that I made, but that's the truth. I fought for the people's freedoms inside of Iraq and Afghanistan. And I came to the conclusion that this gym is now how I feed my family. I have three small daughters. And if people think they're going to take me out of my gym in handcuffs and, and make a spectacle of me and put me in a cage for exercising my own freedoms, then I will fight to the death over it. And I'm sorry that I've been a good, you know, I'm a veteran. I've been a police officer for 10 years. But if you want to force me into compliance, and take away my own liberties and my own freedom, then that's where we're going to have to go with this. And so I was bringing my kit, meaning my AR-15 and my body armor. I was bringing those things to the gym every day that I'd open. And I told my wife, I said, today might be the day, today might be the last day that you see me because I will absolutely not allow somebody to take me out of my own facility and handcuffs for providing health and fitness to people. You think that it, you think all these veterans that were asked to lay that put their lives on the line to defend other people's freedoms aren't going to be willing to do that when you're coming after our freedoms, stand by and watch. And, uh, again, just by the grace of God, our County and his name's Sheriff Adam Fortney, and he's a good man. And he said, I will not take any enforcement action to support this governor's orders. And just because one man decided that he wasn't going to do that 
that may have changed the entire trajectory of my life, you know, because we saw gym owners getting arrested every day. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with Ian Smith, but he's become a friend of mine through this whole thing because it's funny, the people that fought this battle together, like you and, and Ian and myself and Andy Frisella with first form, it's like, it's brought everybody together. That's fighting for the same cause. Right. Yeah. But seeing other people go through that, I was like, I'm not, I won't be made a spectacle on national television. This is where it ends. And uh, again, I've had people tell me, Greg, that they understood what would have happened if they tried to enforce that. Like they weren't willing to draw, to cross that line because I made it very public. I was on my Instagram saying, come and arrest me, see what happens, you know? And and thank God it didn't because I don't want an altercation with some deputy that's just doing his job. But at the same time, if you're just doing your job, but it's costing me my ability to provide for my family, that's a decision that may come with consequences. And police officers need to realize that. And and that is what motivated me to make the video in the very beginning of all this. Because if you are willing to trample on people's liberties because that's what pays your paycheck, you need to understand that that comes with an inherent risk. That is going against what the American spirit was founded on. And so I was actually worried for the profession. I was worried for deputies and officers out there doing these things because I just felt it would only be a matter of time before the public's trust was stripped and the public turned on us. And, uh, you know, it's been a very volatile profession for the last two years. And people don't put police officers on a pedestal anymore. And it's sad. You know, it used to be a very well-respected profession. Right. Well, I I think I, I just feel like officers and military still are being kind of groomed to d- enact more tyranny. And I think somewhere people need to take a stand in every profession right now, in the medical profession right now. There's, you know, these doctors and nurses being mandated not not to treat patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all these things you're like, no, you're not allowed to give the patient that prescription. And for news reporters, yes, you must pump this propaganda out. This, uh, one thing that is just mind boggling to me is that, you know, I, I would never have considered myself a conspiracy theorist. You know what I mean? Like that, that term used to have like a negative connotation to it. But if you look at what's happening now, you know, there's a funny meme that's like, Hey, we need more conspiracy theories because all the previous ones have come true. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you look at what they're doing inside of the military, law enforcement, the medical professional, to me, it seems to be a very calculated purge of anybody that's willing to stand up and go against the system. Mm -hmm. And if they say, you know what, I'm not willing to take the vaccine because whatever your personal reason is, right? Get that guy out of here oh, I'm not willing to enforce this just like like I did. Get that guy out of here. It's happening nationwide. It's happening in all these different agencies. It's happening in the military. If you're someone that stands up and has courage and is willing to draw hard lines, they get you out of there as fast as they can. And what you're going to find is you're going to have a workforce or a military or a police force that is 100% now comprised of people that are compliant and yes, men and yes, women that are willing to do exactly what they're told. And that's a scary place. I've had a lot of people that want to kind of play devil's advocate. And they're like, Hey, when you join the military, 
you understand that you're going to be doing what you're told for the next four years or whatever your enlistment is. And I would say this to those people, that is incorrect. When you join the military as a private day one soldier, one thing that you were taught is that not only should you not, but you were obligated to refuse orders that are morally moral or immoral, unethical or illegal. And if you feel that your commander is asking you to do anything that violates one of those three tiers, it's immoral, it's illegal, or it's unethical, you were obligated to refuse. And that's one thing that the American military, uh, they got right. They're very different than other militaries. And what that does is it doesn't allow a corrupt person or a corrupt general or corrupt commander to be able to order troops to do things that violate, uh, violate our conscience and violate our ethical code. And if, if soldiers now stand up and say, Hey, I believe that you forcing people to take this, this vaccine that violates my ethical code and I'm not willing to do it. You're out of there. You're fired. And not only are you fired, they're talking about taking away people's benefits, your GI bill, your college fund, those things that is a huge incentive for a lot of people to join the military because they're using that as an opportunity to jumpstart their life. And so they're coming after people everywhere that they can, threatening their career, threatening their future, threatening their benefits. But this is what I say to those people. They can threaten us with everything. They can take away everything. But at the end of the day, if you stand up for what you believe, you'll still be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who you are. And we have to know that that is more important. And that supersedes any of the other things that the government could or could not do to us. And we have to believe that. And I'm going to, I'm going to assume right now your life has probably changed trajectory for the better for standing up for what you believe to be true and correct. Is that a fair assumption? Oh, absolutely. My life is so much better now. And, but I, I broke away with the understanding that I would probably lose everything, be very poor, have to struggle for a while. I fully expected Fox to sue me and take my home. And actually none of that happened. I was blessed, but I had the courage to take that leap to say, you know, I care about my values so much and I care about American freedom so much that I will not be a part of this. And I think it's, it's that way with everyone, including yourself who broke away. And so these people that these big corporations and these government agencies are shedding are some of the most powerful people with the most grit and courage and every day they're growing in numbers people like you and me we're growing in numbers we've we've broken away as individuals but now we're a huge community ourselves who powerfully stands for freedom and these agencies and these corporations better watch out 100 percent I tell people this all the time. It doesn't matter if you're a police officer, a soldier, a medical professional. If somebody is controlling you, if your agency is controlling you through fear, hey, do this or else, right? That in itself should let you know that that is an agency that you should no longer give your time or your energy to. That's bullying tactics. You know, we see anti-bullying campaigns going across the country all the time, right? Yeah. That's a bullying tactic. Give me your lunch money or else, right? You yeah. do this or I'm going to make you starve to death. 
I'm going to take away your children's ability to go to school. I'm going to make it impossible for you to have a house. Those are all scare tactics. And that is the government trying to control us through fear. And as soon as someone's trying to control you through fear, it's time to say, absolutely not. I'm done playing your game and I'm not giving you any more of my energy. And the reason I like to bring this up is because I want police officers and first responders to know that when you stand against this, and you, and you make a change in who you are and you make, you draw that hard line. Yes, it's scary because the future is unknown. This is how I make my money. This is how I pay my bills. But you have to know that if you stand for what you believe to be right in your heart, I don't know if it, you can call it God, you can call it the universe, but you will be rewarded in one way or another for standing up for what you know to be correct. And it might not be instantaneous. You might go through some hard times. It might be kind of a struggle. It might come with some uncertain emotions, but that's okay. That's the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. Anything worth having never came easy. Your fitness, your health, your intelligence, anything that you build to become a better version of yourself comes with hard work. This is no different. And I've found that through leaving government work, Here's the weird thing about government work is it's like, yeah, it can be hard and it can be emotionally stressful, but it's easy. It's easy because you're taken care of. You know, as long as I show up, I'm going to get my paycheck. As long as I show up, my kids are going to have good medical benefits. Your life is pretty easy. And stepping away from that now when the future is uncertain, that comes with a, a, a certain degree of stress. But you have to know that the government isn't the end all be all. You can go out there. You can become an entrepreneur. You know, I started a podcast. I've started a, a, a line of we're just launching some, some supplements. Mm. My gym is doing very well. And I have different things that are now becoming financially viable for me. And I don't say this to boast, but I say it because I want police officers and first responders to know that financially I'm doing better than I ever have in my life, standing on my own two feet, not being stuck to the tit of the government. And it's, uh, it's empowering and it makes you proud of who you are. It makes you proud of the journey that you're on and the path that you're walking. And that path is available to everybody. Don't get stuck in this cycle because you think there are other, there aren't other opportunities, you, but you have to be willing to go out there and make those opportunities work. Totally agree. And I'm doing better financially myself as well than I did at Fox. And I was like, Ooh, this big corporate, you know, Fox salary was everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Life is actually so much better outside, but it's interesting. Um, you know, I've talked to people who know my previous coworkers and they're my, some of my previous coworkers are so upset at me. Like, why, why would she do that? Now she's making us look bad when we just need, we just need a job. We just, we just need a paycheck. Um, and a lot of these people, you know, they're just doing, they're just doing their job. I want to play this clip of, um, some some protesters they're protesting the lockdown and and the cops admit that they agree with the protesters a lot of the news people agree with the protesters yet they're they're being told to read the script of propaganda uh so where do we draw the line let's listen to this clip if you've had enough of much as us why are you still enforcing the boys you have to what? no we know you don't have to this is what, listen we're not here to argue with you unless go home Otherwise, they start issuing tickets. Right. We don't want to do it. 
But we will do it. Right? Well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Stand up for what you believe in rather than please. Just go home. home. Alright? We get paid to do this, mate. I'm just as over this fucking protest as you are. By protest, I mean lockdown, alright? Fair Unfortunately, enough. I've got to do what I've got to do. And that's why I'm here to do it. You don't have to do that. You're choosing to do it. I'm not paycheck. skilled to do anything else, mate. So, unfortunately, hey. at this time of my life, hey. that's what I have and, to and do. And the people of us that aren't skilled, we don't, we don't get paid. We're not getting food at the moment. I hear you, mate. My wife's in the same position. She's out of a job at the moment as well. I understand you've been pissed off about it, but there's a way to go about it. That's all. And unfortunately, punching like on with coppers isn't it, mate. I respect that. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like it's like an animal's back in the corner. We don't want, we don't want anything. Not injections, okay? Mental health affects this well. You're locking us indoors. People are killing themselves. It's not to do with health. I don't have time to get that debate about it. I know, because you need a paycheck. It doesn't matter what I say, because you're getting paid at the end of the day and you've got guns. Look, at the end of the day, I agree with you. Then why are you standing on this side and not with us? Because that's what I get paid to do. So you agree with me, but you get paid to do that, so you stand on that side. Yeah, there you go. He says he totally agrees with you. These lockdowns are terrible, but I have to enforce them. Nothing makes me more angry than that video you just showed me. And I probably, I don't know if I can drop F-bombs on your show, so I'll reserve my response. Oh, it's, it's uncensored. So <laughs> it is, okay. You can't say the uh, the uh, V word. Okay. People can say the F word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what that person is doing, and, and when I make comparisons to Nazi Germany, some people are like, oh, you're being crazy. That's ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous because I promise you there was SS guards that worked inside of these concentration camps that would go home, you know, five o'clock would, would hit and the concentration camp guard force would fucking shift to the new, you know, the new guys would come in and replace them. They'd go home and they'd look at themselves in the mirror and they'd say, what am I doing? Just being a human being that, you know, I, I believe that human beings, some are inherently evil people and some of the inherently evil people gain positions of power and influence and they manipulate other people into following in their footsteps. But I, I have to believe that most people have good in their heart. And if you allow these people to influence you, in a manner that sh that violates your conscience and goes against your morals, you're just as bad as them. And so for that cop to sit there and say, listen, you're right. I agree with you. However, because these people are paying me, I'm going to go ahead and side with them. That's as evil as a person can get, in my opinion. And if this doesn't change, there's going to reach a point where, hey, you seem like a nice guy. I understand that you're just doing this for your paycheck, but you are now the enemy of the people. You are now standing against my ability. That guy literally said, I can't afford food right now because I can't work. And you're telling me I have to stay locked in my house and I don't have anything to eat. But because you get paid to do this to me, it's all good, right? If this doesn't change... We're going to see, I don't even want to call it a civil war because it'll be global, but we're going to see good versus evil. And you have to have hope and you have to know that good is going to prevail, but it might be an arduous task getting there. It's just, it's mind boggling to me that there are human beings that would sit there and agree with you, but still enforce tyranny because they have to know, they have to know what's on the other side of this. 
You know, it's, it's crazy that that's a reality that we're facing right now. It is. And a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them think that it, well, this will all be over any day now. Still, yeah, exactly. and the, and the, just- That's what they're telling themselves in their head. And there's that meme of like all, all the, uh, um, German citizens uh, doing their little Heil to Hitler, and then and then the one guy, one guy. Who's not doing it, and is like, "Well, you guys, you all thought that you'd be like him, and you wouldn't salute Hitler, but now you're you're just you're complying anyway." But a lot of people don't think we're there yet. But it's a slippery slope of like but, yeah, of you never really is. know you're there until it's too late. Until- so you got to take a stand, and that's why you need to take a stand early. You need to understand, you need to draw these lines right now, because just like you said, there's probably cops that are like, oh, you know what? This will probably last a month or two. And uh, then we can just put this behind us. Well, if you violate someone's rights for a month or two, that's not something you should just be able to put behind you. That's something that should haunt you. That's something that should eat away at you. And to tell you the truth, I look at the, the, the officer from that video. In my opinion, that is the worst kind of officer out there because I would rather have an officer that just blindly sided with the government and said, you know what? This is the side that I'm on. I pin this badge on. I work for this guy. He told me to do this and this is what it is. And if you don't like it too bad, now don't get me wrong. I would fight that guy to the death, but at least he is standing for his sides, his belief, and he is articulating his reasons why, but for someone to say, Hey, I don't agree. I don't like this. I don't think it's right. However, this is what I'm going to do. It's very similar to the people that walk around with the mask around their chin, right? They're, they're openly saying, I don't think I need this for my health or for my safety. I don't believe in its purpose. I don't believe in its cause, but I'm going to have it on my face just to appease people that want me to have it there. Like if you believe in the mask, put the mask on. That's your right. If you don't believe in it, don't put it on because you need to be representing who you are and what you believe. And that seems to be like a a foregone conclusion these days. You know, you're describing my former boss at Fox. I literally I can show emails from her telling all on air staff to wear the mask below the chin as a symbol. As a symbol. Yeah. Like, and, and once we start to see these things unfold, we understand more and more that it's not about your health. It never was about our health. And, you know, everybody got duped at the beginning, me included. But two years into this, if you haven't had that moment of awakening yet where you're like, oh, this isn't what they said it was. This is different then I don't think your eyes are open and you're not being honest with yourself. And it, it just sucks how they've been able to politicize this. They've been able to divide us over this. Like when in the history of planet earth, did you ever have a debate or a dispute with someone who got their flu shot? You know what I mean? Like it's always been you do you and I'll do me in regards to our medical freedoms. And now it's like, what team are you on? And they've effectively created these teams to where if you do you and I do me, we have to hate each other over that. And it, and it's bizarre to me that this is where we've arrived at. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad place, but for the people who broke it away, people like us have a lot of grit and the people who are standing to think for themselves and standing for freedom 
really seem to support each other. I mean, look at you. You and me are both making more money on our own because people gravitate to us because we all, we want to be around like-minded freedom lovers. So what, what would your advice be to, to some of these law enforcement people or anyone who's thinking of breaking away from this tyranny? I think this doesn't just go out to law enforcement. This is what everybody needs to do. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your profession is. We need to start living in a manner that is congruent with our heart and what we feel. So if you don't like the mask, don't put the mask on. If you want your business to be open, you have your business open. If you don't want to require passports to serve people dinner, at your establishment, stop requiring passports to serve people dinner or allow them to enter your gym. If you're a police officer and you don't feel that it's right to enforce this mandate or that mandate, stop doing it right now. Start start living in a manner that's congruent with your heart and showing the world that this is what I believe and my actions are going to reflect what I believe. Because if we don't do that, what we're going to find is it's just going to further convolute all of this. We're going to continue to go down this path that we've been on for the last two years. If everybody would start following their heart and doing what they believe to be morally and ethically correct, this would have been over two years ago. But here's the caveat to this. We have to understand that following your heart and doing what you believe to be morally and ethically correct may come with a consequence. You may be the bad guy for a while or painted as a bad guy you may have it may bring a fight to your door we have to be willing to stand up for what is right at any and all costs because i mean like i said i have three small children if i'm not willing to put everything on the line to ensure that their future is one that's rooted in love and liberty and freedoms what am i giving them i need to be willing to fight this at any and all costs. And that's why I said earlier in the show, if this cost me my life, then it cost me my life. I would rather lose my life defending something that I believe to be true instead of being compliant and looking back as an old man and say, wow, when you had the opportunity to do the right thing, you bent a knee. And now here you are 75 years old and you didn't do the right thing. And it's like, uh, I mean, I grew up, Braveheart was my favorite movie since I was 14 years old, right? So I was inspired to behave like that since I was a freshman in high school. But I think that that's what's powerful about life is, like he said, you know, every man, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. We have to know that we're willing to stand up for what we believe to be true at any and all costs. And once you do those things, here's the ironic thing about it. If everybody would collectively do that, We wouldn't have to risk our lives or risk our careers because it would end right now. But what it's going to take is a few courageous people to to start building momentum. And then we'll see the shift once there's enough momentum built. Again, we've been referencing memes on this show, but I'm sure you've seen the one where there's a guy with a whip and he's keeping a whole crowd of people knelt down. And then one guy stands up and then two guys stands up and then the whole crowd stands up and the guy with the whip has to take a knee. That's where we're at right now. Once everybody stands up, the government, there's this big misconception that the government is this end all be all. The government is supposed to be of the people, for the people, by the people. There's, it's supposed to be a representation of us. Nothing more, nothing less. 
So if it's a representation of us, they shouldn't hold these, these overarching wide authorities to treat us however they want. It doesn't make any sense. And I think the, I think people on both sides of the political spectrum are sick of the political elite doing whatever they want, holding us down, forcing us to behave in a manner that they're not behaving in. How many times have we seen, oh, this politician doesn't have a mask on. Oh, this politician isn't socially distancing. They don't care what the rules are. It's rules for thee, but not for me. And once we see that and we understand that we have inept leadership, and I say that in quotes because our uh, politics, very, very rarely do you see qualified leaders, but we're seeing our leaders behave in a way that's self-serving. And once you're a self-serving leader, you should be stripped of your power because that's not what leadership is about. Leadership is the opposite of self-serving. Leadership is a burden. Leadership should be a struggle to make sure that your subordinates and the people that you serve are doing better than you're doing. And that's what you put your time and your energy in. That's why politics, that's why leadership should feel like a burden. No one should want a 50-year career in politics, but that's where we're at now. They go, they, 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 they serve in a political capacity, and then they're buying $25 million beach mansions. If you can't see that and think, hmm, maybe our system is broken and needs to be restructured. Again, you're not being honest with yourself. Right. Well, I just love that you brought up following your heart as a reason for breaking away from, from the system, because that's exactly why I broke away. I became more loyal to my heart and you have to realize you have to come to terms with yourself and realize what really matters to you because this life is very fleeting. We all die very quickly. And so what's really going to matter? And what I just, I realized what mattered more to me than that fancy title of being a, a Fox on air talent was how my heart felt. Yeah. And my heart was being crushed by fraud, by, by a facade that because my arm was being twisted to conform to this facade. Imagine if you said to yourself, you know what? This feels dirty. I don't think that what I'm doing is rooted in integrity, but I'm just going to do it because this is how I pay my paycheck. That would eat away at you and it would continue to eat away at you. And you would start to look at yourself in a, in, in your own person in a negative light. Mm-hmm. And I, it's almost like that's what they want. They want people to just be beaten down and be compliant and be willing to do what they're told. But a person that's willing to follow their heart, they have strength, they have courage, and they don't have fear. And once you strip fear from somebody's psyche, they're a free man or a free woman. And that yeah. scares them. That scares the establishment. They don't want you to be a free man or a free woman. They want the good little boy, the good little girl that's going to be compliant and do what's asked of them. And again, if I were to, if we were to talk about this two years ago, I would have said you're crazy, but this is no longer a theory. This is no longer like something that's out on the fringes. It's up close, personal in front of our faces every single day. And until people wake up and acknowledge what's happening first and then take the measures to defeat this, I don't know where we're going to end up. And it's kind of a scary place to be in because I was very hopeful that more Americans would be willing to stand up against this because in my day-to-day life, right? Like I said, my gym has 350 members. I, I interact with a lot of people on a daily basis. So many more people feel the way we feel than we're being led to believe. 
by the media, by social media networks, the overwhelming majority, in my opinion, and maybe it's just a circle that I keep, but I live outside of Seattle. You know what I mean? Washington, Western Washington is one of the most liberal areas of America. And even in this area, the overwhelming majority of people are of the same mindset that we're discussing right now. Yeah. I think that that's what people really need to realize is that there's a lot of propaganda out there in the media. The media is very leftist. I've worked in so many newsrooms and I have friends in newsrooms across America and can confirm there's this leftist culture in all of, all of America who uh, right now is it's being used in the media to push this propaganda that anyone who believes in individual liberty is in the minority. They want you to think that you're all alone, but you, we should all realize that I, I, I would say the majority of Americans are pretty alarmed at what they're seeing happen. And uh, we're far from alone. What, and maybe this is uh, now I'll interview you for a second on your show, <laughs> but I mean, this is something I think about often is why is all the major media networks and all the major big tech platforms siding with the radical left on this. It doesn't make any sense to me because you would think that those places would be interested in what the free market offers. And it's a, those things are businesses. Those things are designed to produce revenue, right? So why are they all unanimously, unanimously being manipulated to fall in line with the corrupt narrative? You would think your Zuckerbergs or your Bezos or, you know, Dorsey, these people would be like, Hey, you know what? No, you can use Twitter to voice your opinion. Why would I, why would I try and strip that from you? It's bizarre. Right. Wouldn't that only hurt their business to be shutting down part of their audience? Yeah. yeah. It, it, so it, it, the only logical thing, cause I don't know the truth on this, but logically all I can think of is it must come down to cronyism. The fact that, uh, the that big business is in bed with big government mm-hmm. and they're scratching each other's backs. Yeah. No, I think about that too, but I've, I've been wanting to get somebody on my show. So yeah, I'll put that out there. If, if there's anybody that has a very good understanding of how the, the media and big tech is tied into government and why they are, they're not just falling in line with the narrative. They are perpetuating it now. Like my YouTube got shut down because of conversations like this. Nothing that I say in my show is just completely radical and crazy. Like I'm a pretty grounded person. Nope. You're shut down for spreading misinformation. And it's like, you know what I mean? And that's some trigger words, right? Yeah. I I, I talk about everything, but I just, I mute out the the trigger words and I'm still hanging on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy how like people that have uh, wanted to just, shine a spotlight on an other perspective they're stamped out immediately yeah. like, I, don't, I don't know do you follow mitch agyar by chance no so he's a good friend of mine he's a navy seal and he's an entrepreneur and he had four hundred thousand followers on instagram and he shares our views and they deleted his account because they said you can't be spreading misinformation and that's a weird thing to do to people because in the world that we live in today Social media platforms are very often tied into your your business and who you are as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And he used his platform as as a way to market his products and make revenue. None of that matters, you know. If you go against if you go against the machine, 
They just get you out of there and just turn your account off. And you would think that by now there would be a platform that would support freedom and support free speech. And you keep hearing there's going to be a new one. Trump's going to make one. But where are they? There are new ones. Uh, Rumble is really getting popular. I I just created a Rumble account a few weeks ago. Uh, Rumble link in description. And my first upload on there has over 300,000 views. Really? Man, I'm doing something wrong then. Because <laughs> I, created, I created a Rumble and my account is getting no traction. And it's also... Uh, well, you got to share. You got to tell people on Instagram to go over to Rumble and stuff. That's, I've, been, I've been pushing my Rumble. And I, and I did some serious work. That, that piece I uploaded on Rumble is like a really special, like well-produced piece edited myself but i'm a professional editor and when i want to create a beautiful piece i can make it happen but this is it this is a video a mini documentary about january 6th that had to go on rumble because youtube it the entire video just goes against youtube policy yeah of course <laughs> it does really sad. the darkest day in american history <laughs> january 6th. worse than 9-11 <laughs> there's there's people that literally said that was a darker day than 9-11. Like, <laughs> now now we know that you're just lying, right? You're just trying to create, you know, a narrative. You know, well, there's, there's such a diversity of thought in America. And having worked in so many uh, super far left newsrooms, I've actually, I've been able to witness the minds of people of very diverse viewpoints. And I remember I was at NBC Minneapolis when Trump was inaugurated and it was the the whole culture in the newsroom was just like so distraught and like uh this gloom over my whole newsroom the people there the my coworkers watched trump being inaugurated and they said it was it was just the darkest eeriest feeling and they had a completely contrasting view to some other people who thought it was a beautiful day of hope and, and, and a great future. And so it just tells, you know, for Jan- for some people, January 6th felt worse than nine 11. Maybe they weren't lying about that. Because- yeah. I mean, maybe that's what they felt, but it just lets you know how backwards their feelings are, you know? Yeah. Like- and when he was elected, Oh my gosh, the morning after Trump was elected, when I was, I was in the newsroom in Minneapolis, NBC, super far left. One of the anchors stormed through the newsroom in tears. Everyone was just horrified. It was it was incredible incredible to witness. It's because all these people just want business as usual. They want Hillary Clinton in there, you know? Like if the the thing about Trump that was inspiring to so many people, it was we're gonna try something different. Regardless of politics or what you think of him as an individual person, I think we can all agree that politics as no, as usual, business as usual, we need to try something different. And that was trying something different, you know? Yeah. But uh, the, the thing that drives me nuts about the January 6th insurrection is being someone that has performed raids recons and ambushes and been part of the 75th ranger regiment like if you're going to seize a building 
the first any any private that has one week of training could tell you that you need to secure points of entry and points of egress you need to set up a uh, concentric rings of security you need to set up blockades you need to do some basic infantryman 101 if you're actually going to seize control of a building there was no plan they didn't implement anything there was no discussion this was just people reacting spur of the moment they walked in there that is what happened for them to call that an insurrection it like it makes me want to get 200 army rangers and show them what an insurrection would look like yeah (laughs) yeah can i say that on your show (laughs) i am is insurrection a banned word i don't even know i'm gonna i'm just I'll have to call my YouTube guru after this. I have to call him all the time like, hey, did we say something wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you need to mute me at a certain point, <laughs> just to allow the upload, it won't hurt my feelings. Yeah. I, well, but, this is live right now. So there oh, there, no yeah, there you go. It'll, it'll um, there. Yeah, but this but is you what- you edit and post. This is, what I, this is the conclusion that I've come to with big tech. It's that I'm going to continue spreading my message in a way that is what I feel to be true and correct. And if they end up blocking me or deleting me, that's outside of my control, you know, but I'm not, I don't want to tailor my message or stifle my guests message on my show because it might do this or it might do that. I'm just going to go forward with what I believe to be behaving in a way that is, is congruent with how I believe. And if it gets me shadow banned or blocked or deleted, then we'll cross that road when we get there. So there you go, viewers. You can see a highly uncensored show from Greg. <laughs> yeah. And I've linked his podcast in my description if you guys want to go check out his podcast. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, this hour has flown by. Um, any last words you want to say? No. I mean, I think we touched on all of it, but just think about what your truth is, the conclusions that you've drawn, what you believe to be the true narrative and what you believe to be the manipulated narrative. And your actions need to reflect that. And I don't care if you're a cop, if you're a school teacher, if you're a cashier at a store, conduct yourself in a manner that reflects your truth. And if everybody's willing to do that, I think this ends almost immediately. But until people are willing to face a little bit of criticism or become a little bit uncomfortable. Like this isn't going to be an easy path to walk. It might have some bumps in the road, but once everybody does that collectively, this ends. And once it ends, hopefully we can go back to living our lives and I can focus on jujitsu and nutrition and the things that I love. And we can put all this tyranny on the back burner. But until everybody does that collectively, this is, this fight is going to be front and center and we need to take it to them. Because until we, until we win this fight, it's not going anywhere. Amen. I totally agree with you. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Greg Anderson, everybody. I appreciate it, Ivory. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye.